everyone. Welcome back to All Things Reconsidered. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're doing something a little bit different from our normal show. Uh, today we have a guest with us. We have Tim from the New Evangelicals. And so we're really excited to jump into a conversation about deconstruction and rebuilding our faith. And we may even get into other things like Christian nationalism. So thank you, uh, of course, Tim, for being with us today. Uh, it's really great to have you on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we're, you know, I, I found your account a few months ago. I think you were doing a Instagram uh, story uh, about uh, about uh, sex and purity culture and things like that. And um, you're having people send in their replies. And I thought it was just incredible the way that you're able to uh, get these lengthy conversations of your stories that really mean a lot to people. And, um, you know, most accounts that do this kind of thing, you know, deconstruction, de- deconstruction, rebuilding, most of them just do um, a bit more of a snarky humor, which, of course, we're guilty of, too. We do that all the time, too. Um, but, yeah. But what I really liked about the New Evangelicals was that you don't just do that snarky stuff. You also, um, you also really try to help people rebuild and remain in, in faith rather than just burn yeah. it all down. Um, right. And so I really appreciated that. Um, but uh, I guess to get us started on this uh, conversation, the first thing I want to ask you is if you could tell us um, what is a new evangelical? How would you define that? Yeah, so that is the million-dollar question. Um, what is a new evangelical? We're kind of figuring, figuring that out as we go along. You know, we launched this um, in December 2020, and so we're just trying to – I guess, really rediscover um, an evangelical heritage that is not tied to Christian nationalism or fundamentalism or conservative politics, which really means that we're just trying to really reclaim our faith from the jaws of Christian nationalism. (laughs) So, So we're still trying to work out what that means to be a new evangelical. It's very much still um, putty, you know, and and nothing is super formed yet. We're kind of experimenting right now. Right. I honestly think that's an important part, too, is kind of um, divorcing evangelicalism from Christian nationalism, because that was a huge part of my deconstruction journey. That's actually kind of what initiated was seeing how the religious right so attached themselves to Trump and not I'm like, he does not represent Christ at all. Like, if this is Christianity, we need to rethink all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the, um, I call them ingredients to a deconstructing Christian. And that is consistently the top ingredient I get whenever I do a poll or I do, uh, we do monthly deconstruction Zoom groups, you know, and it's always number one on the list is Trump. And then number two is politics consistently. Yeah. Really? Wow. So really I number am. one and two are still both about politics in a way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that, um, and I know we're kind of maybe jumping the gun a little bit, but, you know, I think that ultimately people were kind of concerned about Christians in Republicanism being tied, but Trump really was that moment where we go, oh, okay, they're willing to sell themselves out this far. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is a new level. It was almost like they, the church stopped uh, being ashamed or even stopped being subtle about uh, their embrace for republicanism in such an extreme way, even over the Bible. You know, um, I was reading, I think uh, your account may have mentioned this book before, uh, Jesus and John Wayne. Mm, yeah. And um, she laid out the history of, of all of uh, how the church has been hijacked by um, the Christian right. 
And um, yeah. Trump really came and took it to a new level. But like you said, though, we are getting ahead of ourselves. I do have a, a few more questions about deconstruction first. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I'm curious, um, the name New Evangelicals, is that anything related to the New Atheists? Like, is this your response to that? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Just... Bluntly, uh, was not a connection in my head. I, I think you're the first one to bring that up, but definitely not intentional. Okay, well, well interesting. Um, and then also, why, um, you know, when you when you mention these issues that you have with evangelicalism um, and this sort of the reasons behind why we're re- rebuilding, yeah. why not drop the word evangelical altogether? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Most people don't know this. In fact, I'm I'm learning this now in the present moment. There's an actual very rich evangelical heritage that was egalitarian, that was mm-hmm. um, um, pro-abolition um, immediately, like not not a gradual you know ending of slavery, right. but like an immediate ending of slavery. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, non-resistance. Um, or, I'm sorry, uh, non-violence. Um, there was an evangelical heritage of um, of civil disobedience. So it's wow. actually very much in our blood. The Wesleyan movement is a great example of this. Um, you know, in the 1800s, 1845, et cetera, um, evangelicals were kind of the radicals. They were kind of the crazy. Sure, yeah. And, right. um, you know, I think it's important to and maybe this is just me being stubborn, but it's important for me not to let people like take it. Like, right, no, yeah. almost like slapping their hand. Like, no, <laughs> you, you can't, can't have, have that. <laughs> you cannot hijack it. Now, it kind of already has been. So at this yeah. point, we're, we're trying to reclaim it. Right. But the reality is like evangelical is rich with like progressive. Well, not progressive, maybe in the liberal sense we know now, but I would say um, social justice oriented faith. And right. also very pious faith. I mean, very committed to like a life of simplicity. Some of the early evangelicals wouldn't even drink coffee. You know, they wanted nothing wow. in their body that would like be a stimulant, you know, very extreme, very simple clothing. Uh, but they were also radically convinced that to be a Christian is to push for, for societal change um, mm-hmm. that reflects Jesus. And so that's one that's reason. That's incredible. Yeah, it really is. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm just learning about it now and it's blowing my mind. And the other yeah. reason is because the term evangelical has really become synonymous with Christian in America. So yeah, I think when, sure. when people hear new evangelical, they kind of think, well, what does that mean? It's like, it kind of piques your interest. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, yeah. that's, that's a good point. Yeah. It's so funny. You bring up that has such a rich history and, you know, kind of walking in this deconstruction journey and looking into progressive Christianity I find it ironic how many things aren't really progressive when it comes to church history. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, evangelicals were the first ones to ordain women ever. Wow. Like the first ordained women in America were from the Wesleyan tradition. That's so wild. heritage. You know? <laughs> and now it's like we have an, we, the the. Uh, I think it's the world's, but definitely the nation's largest, you know, domination, the SBC, which is very much evangelical, will not ordain women. Right. So we can see the transition. We can see how things have really flipped. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned earlier how Trump and then politics were number one and two on the common deconstruction factors. Um, sure. Where was... This is a little off topic, but I'm yeah. interested in hearing what else is commonly thought of because I know from my from my own story, um, the one of the very first things that triggered me into rethinking how I'm reading the Bible and helped break me out of biblicism was uh, creationism and having issues with, you know, 
how can the Bible be literal and then also still make sense with science, you know? So that was one of the big ones for me. Is that one that is often brought up for you? Um, in, in, in its own way. So the biblical, the, the, the biblicism, right? The, the, the literal reading of the Bible is definitely one, but I'm curious to think, or to ask, what do you both think are, are the next two? Like if you had to take a look, what are two other big issues that you think are like major mm-hmm. um, red flags for us now? Well, I mean, it has to be LGBTQ yeah, yeah, right. acceptance. Um, that obviously has to be a big one. Yeah, um, that's, that's number two, uh, number three. Okay. I'd have to probably say hell. Okay. It's yeah. up there. I would say hell's up there. Uh, the other one that I get a lot is racism. It oh, is, is yeah. Churches, that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those, like, of course. It's so obvious yeah. you don't have to mention <laughs> right. it, right? Right. Um, it's it's so sad. I'm actually like, biracial. And okay. so I don't even think about racism anymore because I'm just so used to it. Oh, God, <laughs> like just so being around, I'm like, oh yeah, people are racist. It's- <laughs> we also we also are in Tennessee, so it's- oh goodness gracious, yeah. it's um, pretty interesting. Thoughts man. and prayers. <laughs> Thank you. I, I don't know where where are you located. I'm Unless- in New Jersey. I'm by Philadelphia. Oh okay, I'm cool. About. I'm originally yeah. from Connecticut. <laughs> okay, New England represent. Yeah. Well, for us in in the Bible Belt, it, it it's um <laughs> difficult in an, it's its own special way to navigate through deconstruction when you're surrounded by people who are in that Americanized religion, you know, and yeah. where you become instantly an a, a um black sheep in the family in the Christian family just by simply saying, "Hey, maybe the Bible's not literal," or "Hey, you know, maybe." Black Lives Matter. Just something as simple as that. You're, you totally. know, it's it's very challenging to navigate in this region. Well, sure. and it's not it's not just down south. I mean, I lost my church over my social media presence. Wow, really? Like, what do you, what like do you mean by three, that? Like, like, like ten weeks ago. <laughs> like they they asked you to leave. They said I was. So I'm sure you can see the drums behind me. So yeah. I drum. Uh, in church on a professional level. I've been doing it for over a decade now. That's awesome. And um, I was part of a church. It's like a full-time volunteer kind of gig as a drummer and also, you know, leader the whole night. You know, you, you, oh, yeah. you know how those churches go. Yeah. And um, <laughs> long story short, the senior pastor said, listen, like um, I can't have someone on the platform who is contradicting what I'm preaching. Um, and so you either have to alter or stop your social media presence, or you have to step down from the worship team. Like those were my two options. Wow. And I said, well, I guess I'm stepping down um, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> and then they said, well, you can still attend. And I said, I appreciate that. But obviously it would be, it would, it would be really awkward to be going to a church where for six years I was the only member drummer. Like we, we had fill-ins to give me a break, but it was just me. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. if, if I go from playing almost every Sunday to not playing anymore, what's that conversation look like for the next, like, you know, two years of my life, yeah, right? Absolutely. Oh, Tim, why don't you play drums anymore? Right. Yeah. So, uh, we decided to leave the church. So yeah. Wow. So I, I said, because I'm in the Northeast, which is perceived as like liberal and to right. a degree. Yes, there is liberal, but as far as churches go, make no mistake, very conservative <laughs> oh, you know, wow, in, in their wow. belief system, like the Protestant, well, mainline to its own thing, but the evangelical movement is the mm-hmm. same throughout, no matter what geographic location you are. In well, general, of course, or always yeah. exception. Well, I'm sorry that you had to go through that with your church, man, because I, I one of the things I, was, I have on my notes here that I was going to ask you about was um, how you serve in church, because I noticed that um, that on your Sundays uh, mm-hmm. on your Instagram, you always make a point that I very much respect, which is you always say, you know, if you're serving at your church this Sunday, do it with with love and 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 give it your all, and you basically make the point that. Um, 
no church is perfect and that yeah. even in the midst of de- deconstruction, you might disagree with your pastor and with your church. Yeah. But don't leave. Keep serving. And I always, right. you know, had respect for that. So it's sad to hear that that they did that. That's well, that's kind of the bummer is like, you know, I, I was doing that lot while I was still there serving and yeah. I never mentioned my church by name. And I, I also ne- never bashed my church on my account. I always right. talked about them positively, you know, like, Oh, Hey, they handled COVID really well. They handle volunteers really well. So yeah. when this conversation came, I told them, you know, I said, it's really a bummer that this is happening over secondary theological perspective differences. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. I'm not saying like, there's no resurrection, you know, I'm not <laughs> right. saying, you know, like, Oh, like all hell Satan, you know, it's like, <laughs> guys, I'm just asking the question, like, can we find LGBTQ inclusion and still be Christian? Right. Like that, that that's a valid question to ask. Yes. So it is yes. a bummer because I really liked living in that tension of having this account and also being able to say, but I'm still in the evangelical church. I still believe in her. I still want to make it better only to really be put in a position where I had no good options. Well, I would say one, one option was, was, was unrealistic. Like how do I manage or alter a social media presence according to their standards? Do I have to give them all my posts going forward? Do they have to run the account? Like what's that look like? Right. Right. Or step down from a ministry and from relationships that I built for six years on top of another ministry I helped run called resonate, which was a multi-church ministry of worship, uh, worship nights. We had at our peak, 50 different churches coming out wow. over 500 people, people uh, represented in over 12 different churches, helping to make it happen, including on the stage up to eight different churches at one time. So wow, like a, church, a, a guitar player from here, drummer from here, it was beautiful. And then I found yeah. out you know, through, through the gate, uh, grapevine, I'm also by me resigning from the worship team at that church. I also by proxy was resigning from my leadership role there as well. And so wow. to have all that happen, you know, it's extremely painful because you lose a lot of relationships. So it, sure. yeah, it's a bummer. And I still am determined to say that every Saturday night, for sure. You know, I still believe that people are, I know people are in the church wrestling through it and they have to know that they're not alone and that, and that they're not the only ones thinking about all of these things that we think about on Sunday morning while right. we're serving. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate the, that you make that point on those Saturday nights. I really do. And um, you know, we're, we're there with you in that tension um, for sure. But um, also, you know, you started touching a bit on your, your deconstruction journey there, but I'm really curious, mm. how did yeah. it all begin? You said, you did, when you said you were working in the ministry for six years, were you referring to the New, New Evangelicals or to that music uh, ministry? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I grew up in the church my whole life, homeschooled, okay. you know, um, grew up in a very fundamentalist, like John MacArthur type church yeah. know, theology. Um, never was like a paid staff member in a church, like never my thing. I was always a full-time volunteer, but I've helped plant churches, help. I've, I've been on leadership mm-hmm, teams, mm-hmm. you name yep. it. I've done it at some point in the church. So when did so, everything start changing? Um, well, it's kind of like a complicated story, but to make it direct for the sake of the interview, you know, for the sake of our mm-hmm. conversation, sure. uh, the, the first seed that was planted was when I was 18. I, I was, I did a mission trip in, um, to Europe for, for three months. I was in Belgium, Germany, and Finland for a month in each country okay. with, uh, with four other friends of mine. And, and, and don't forget now, I grew up super Baptist, so no alcohol, right? Like, you know, you, <laughs> right. you, you really pull away from the world. The world is, is bad, yep. bad, 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 you know, hide your kids, world, hide your wives, thing. that kind of thing, right? <laughs> yes, um, yes. And so 
I'm, I'm, I'm in Finland and we get word that the next church we're working with in Belgium is a, is a church that meets in small groups on Sunday mornings um, in bars around Brussels. Okay. And then, then they come together once a month for like an all church meeting, like almost like a celebration. And now yeah. this is before like the real explosion of, um, of like, you know, the movie theater church, the, the coffee house right. church, this is like a little bit before that. So for me, very foreign. And I told my friend, Jerry, I'm like, dude, I don't know how I feel about this. Like they need bars. <laughs> you know, it's in bars. How are we supposed to represent Christ in a bar? Right, right. <laughs> There's alcohol in there. Just so you know, and, those are stumbling uh, blocks. Exactly. Exactly. But when in Rome, you do what you got to do. Right. And honestly, it was beautiful. We, it, it was the first moment for me and my friend Jerry where I thought, we thought, hmm, church can look different. Huh. huh this <laughs> format isn't like, it's not as rigid as we thought. I was also reading a book called Pagan Christianity by Frank Viola at that time. And Frank uh, really just shows how like much of our modern church practices are all tied back to pagan rituals. Um, yes. It's an intense book and I take it with a grain of salt now, but back then I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I was also reading Shane, Shane Claiborne's book, Irresistible Revolution, which okay. is like another one where it's just like, it's pretty yeah. much the Christian communist manifesto, you know, right. you're, reading it, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, like Wall yeah. Street's bad. And so uh, it's, it's like one of those kinds of books, you know? Yeah. So I, so that was the seed. And when, when we got back, I was part of a really beautiful community of people, not a church, not a small group, but a community um, called 11th Hour. And we were able to put into practice these new ideas like, oh, well, let's start rethinking church. Like what can church really be? What can, right. what, what is church? really about so that was the beginning i would i wouldn't call it deconstruction but that was the beginning of like rethinking right like okay the the faith i grew up with can look different with church and of course naturally that would lead down the rabbit hole of well what else might look different right yeah. like okay so if we're asking for example the question what is the church that inevitably leads to well what is the gospel like that that's right. the yeah. next question yeah and then you go okay well is the gospel just that jesus died and rose again and if you believe it mentally that's mm -hmm. the gospel is the gospel the whole story of the bible is the gospel like you know just so you don't go to hell one day and burn forever right. like what mm -hmm. is it which actually should really tell us something considering that we're told all the time that the that, that the bible and that the gospel is clear and none of us can really fully summarize it, right? We're like, yeah. I think it's this. <laughs> yeah. So, I tell people all the time, so, I'm like, yeah. the Bible obviously isn't clear because we've been arguing about it for 2,000 years. Yeah. There are 400 denominations in America. Just yeah. America. Okay? Right. Yeah, it's exactly. not clear. Yeah. Um, and so that was the beginning. And then really when things picked up was when really when like the George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery situation happened. That right. was That was when a lot of my thoughts – I took them public in a, in a more public way. New Evangelical started in December, 2020. So it wasn't there yet, but it was more on my, my social media accounts. I really right. started going in this direction of like, okay, something clicked. Racism is obviously here. I'm right. tired of my churches not talking about it. I'm tired of my evangelical friends saying it doesn't exist. We have to stand for something. Absolutely. And so that just led to a whole different rabbit hole of things. Then that, that issue and the Bible project, those two things, Combined. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. Just like, you know, seeds of just rethinking everything. Yes. My relationship we, to the Bible. Tim Mackey's trying to ruin everything for evangelicals. <laughs> yes. uh, he's like my Moby Dick interview. If I can <laughs> land Tim Mackey, like, I, I caught it. I've done it, you know? Oh, so. man. I, I totally hear you there. For us, that would probably be Brian Zond. He's, he's been a huge oh, yeah. influence on us. 
I haven't read a lot of his work, but I follow him, and everything I hear is great. He he did letters yes. from Babylon, right? That, yes, that's yes. Book, yeah. And I just read that this summer, and and also before that, he did a farewell to Mars. And okay. let me tell you how, just how spooky this was. So I first found out about him um, January of 2021. So it was only just half a year ago. <laughs> Perfect uh, timing. Yeah, and so <laughs> I'm reading farewell to Mars, and he gets to this point where he's talking about um, how crowds can be dangerous and how how Jesus always removed himself from crowds because they get into a hive mind. And he even quotes, he even like quoted um, uh, um, Lord of the Flies. And he was talking about the dangers of that. And then the very next day, the riots happened on January 6th. And I was like, I just read this. He's a prophet. <laughs> was, yeah. This is real prophecy. A prophet. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty spooky, but I've yeah. been, I've been hooked on Zond ever since. It's a, it's I, a I honestly, I've, I've heard great things about him for sure. Farewell to Mars is actually a book on Christian nationalism. Yeah. So I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, that's been a, a huge topic for us recently. We did a, I think our second episode of our show was about that. I think so. And, uh, we definitely want to dive into more because I know it's something that you've talked a lot about. Um, so I guess just to get us started, would you mind for our audience just explaining kind of what our terms are here? Like what is Christian nationalism? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think one of the big issues in our culture is we're all trying to define terms, right? I mean, you know, CRT, right? CRT, the evangelicals right, right. are like, oh, it's it's it says everyone's a racist, and people who are actual scholars are like, no, it doesn't, right? So, <laughs> yeah. it's the opposite know, of what same that means, kind of thing almost. here. So, I think it's safe to say, you know, Christian nationalism is tied to the Puritan movement, which is tied to really our founding as a country, and it, it pretty much says the, the idea of it is that you know, America is a special nation. Uh, chosen by God, maybe not the next Israel, but you know, wink, wink, kind of is. <laughs> You're right, and, right. And you know, and God has blessed us because we've always put God first in our country. And by God, I mean the Christian God, not any mm-hmm. other God, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. Just so we're clear about that. Right. You know, and Christian nationalism pretty much says like we have to protect America at all costs because it is God's like chosen people and land. And, mm-hmm. and therefore we have to kind of keep America accountable to God. And we have to, we have to, and that means also like, you know, imparting that kind of morality in our laws. Right. And, and uh, really, it's, it's really a combination, right. Of, of nationalism, our country is superior to other countries, which we hear all the time. We just call it American exceptionalism. Right, right. Along with like, with like this God element that says, not only are we exceptional, we are exceptional because God made us this way. Like we right. are, we are the privileged bunch. We are the special bunch. And that really ties back to the history of that ties back really to white nationalism. Yeah. That, yeah that, okay, so, so out of, out of this country, America, out of all the people who are here, the white people have been the ones who have been really chosen to really make things the way that they are. And we have to maybe either, we have to uplift other races. The term is called uplift suasion, you know, to make them more respectable and to make them more like us. Cause our, the standard is us. It's, it's what people would call whiteness. Right. Okay. And, and whiteness is really just a term for a certain kind of culture. It doesn't really, it's not saying that white people and whiteness are one of the same, although they are in broad terms, but right. whiteness can affect other people of other races as well. 
It's yeah. just the idea of, you know, we really have things figured out. And you can tie that back to the missionary movement, which some people might get real offended, you know, or, or real, real upset about to, to hear that. Um, you can tie it back to, you know, um, colonization, et cetera. So Christian nationalism is a very big, big umbrella term, but it really encompasses a lot of those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you see this kind of stuff all over. Um, if you just, once you start noticing it, you can't unsee yeah. it. I mean, <laughs> I was just driving down the street the other day and a truck pulled up next to me with a big picture of a soldier kneeling at a cross. And it said, mm-hmm. only two people have ever given their lives for you, Jesus and the American soldier. <laughs> oh, God. And while, while yes, they gave their life there, what they accomplished in their death is entirely different. And to compare the two is heretical. I mean, <laughs> we're called <laughs> heretics all the time. And yet that, you know, <laughs> that's way more that's, heretical that's than anything it. we've said. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, in, in one case, you have Jesus g- giving his own life to defeat death itself. And then in the other case, you have soldiers who are essentially told to go kill others. And, you know, it's entirely different. Well, I mean, even the idea of like only two people have, have ever died for you. Like, mm-hmm. really? Like, OK, people in the medical field who have gotten oh, sick, right. you know, like mm-hmm. how about slaves who have died? You know, on behalf, you know, like, like we yeah. can. Yeah. How far do you want to expand that? And what are, again, what are the terms? And it's just yeah. like you said, I've heard that many times in my own life growing up and even now. Mm-hmm. And it, it just what it does is it, it, it really equates the idea of sacrificial love to the empire defending, quote unquote, your freedom, a.k.a. like, you know, c- conquering um, mm-hmm. to a Jesus who has given up himself to being conquered. Yeah, exactly. so they're actually very antithetical. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know that, um, man, it's as if what they do is they take the Constitution and they say that it's equal with the Bible. And although they would never actually say that, it's essentially how they view it, the, the right. Christian nationalists. They That's elevate right. the, the Constitution to be the Bible. They elevate their own politicians to be like their apostles. And to speak against anything America has done, even if it's just a slight critique, they see it as as heresy, uh, you know. Um, Zond points out that they've created their entire own religion with its own holy days, their own sacraments, their their own traditions. I mean, it's an, a complete separate uh, religion from real Christianity. Oh, and, I mean, it's not even a question about it, especially the yeah. more you start really digging and understanding the Bible and, and its historical context, right? Like the yeah. more you start understanding that, like Jesus was part of an oppressed group of people, you know, and was occupied. Right. <laughs> you start realizing like, wait, I think America is actually Rome in this story. Yeah. Exactly. You know, exactly. like, I don't think that like that we are, who we think we are. Right. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And it, it is very complicated and very tangled. And that's what makes it so hard to untangle because everything is so connected to itself, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it also hides really well. It hides in different language of freedom, patriotism, right. love mm-hmm. of country. But what they mean by that are things that like uh, that you just described, you know, things yeah. that are idolatrous, things that elevate country over um, a healthy uh, I would say even consistent biblical um, ethic, you know, loving your enemy is not the way of the empire. The empire conquers through right. power and through force. So it's, it's just not, it's not compatible, not to mention the economic perspective of capitalism. Right. right. I, I would say like, really at this point, it's very crony capitalism, you know, like mm-hmm. transnational corporations are in bed with government have written laws to purposely keep wages down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't have to and avoid taxes. And mm-hmm. then we're on the hook for that. And then we're the crazy ones saying, 
actually, if I'm working 40 hours a week, I should be able to provide for my family comfortably enough to not have to worry about going into debt up to my eyeballs yeah. to, make it, to make it work. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I also, I, I think that's an eth- I think that, that, that that's an ethical Jesus perspective that says generosity is important. Yeah. And so when you live in a country that has 30% of the world's wealth and 8% of the world's population, we can see how generosity is not really a thing. Instead, <laughs> right. it's hoarding and it's greed, but then yeah. we're called Marxist. So right. they really have yeah. like, they really control words and definitions really well, because if I start talking like that to some people, they'll go, what are you, a Marxist? And like, well, mm-hmm. what if I am? I mean, that, that, yeah. that term isn't in the Bible. Yeah. Well, like, I, label me whatever you want. I'm like, you don't even you know what a Marxist is. Right. But what what I'm trying to tell you is that when the 50 richest people in America own Mm -hmm. as much wealth as the bottom 50 percent, there isn't there is such a delta. Mm -hmm. Right. There's such an an inequity that that has to be corrected. Right. (laughs) You don't get get that gap by by playing fair. You get that by oppressing an entire working class intentionally. Exactly. I think just the fact that we have as many billionaires as we do, while elsewhere a billion people live in total poverty um i mean how can we refer to this as a christian nation i mean of course we also have other issues as well that that make a christian nation title pretty much impossible to apply um but i I think i tweeted the other day i said like if america's a christian uh, nation we're a horrible representation of jesus you know like we are christian we suck you know we're horrible yeah Exactly. Um, well, Zahn pointed out in um, Postcards from Babylon that um, really the gods that American nationalism serves is mammon, money, and uh, Mars, the god of war. That it's mammon and Mars that is their actual dr- focal point. That's, that, that's what they're pointed to. Right. I mean, we again, we were founded on on colonization. Yeah. You know, you know England came over here with blessing from the Pope that, that 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 this land's now ours. Indigenous people were here. We just ran them over, aka wiped them out, and we continued to expansion westward. You know, right. to over New Mexico and California. People owned those places before us. <laughs> you know, and it's like we really came in with this mentality of God has given us this land. It's ours. Um, and so you, you know, as you learn that history, I tell people that if you grew up in a Christian environment, you learn American mythology, not American yes. history. Yeah, that's yeah. accurate. And it's like when, when, when that bubble starts getting popped and you're like, wait, Christopher Columbus was a genocidal maniac, <laughs> women. Okay. You know, wait, we, yeah. we, we, we really founded this country over imperialism, you know, and not over really freedom, only freedom for white men. Right. What? You know, like it yes. changes the game. It absolutely does. And I find it so interesting how we're so set on making a Christian nation as well when Jesus wasn't even interested in making a quote-unquote Christian nation. I mean, you look at the Lord's Prayer and, you know, he's talking to the disciples about how to pray. And they expected Jesus to come and put Israel back on top. Totally. Like they were completely expecting a warrior savior because that was every story in the Old Testament was you weren't exile. You're going to kill everybody. And yep. put us back on top. That's and right. Jesus comes in and says, no, we're going to pray his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This has nothing right. to do with Israel. Like, this has nothing to do with America. Like, the Christian church should not be concerned at all with American, you know, nationalism. We should not be concerned with America's place in the, you know, in the grand scheme of the world. We should be 100% focused on bringing heaven to earth. But we're too, I've heard some people say it's our, you know, it's our responsibility as a church to protect the Constitution. 
I'm like, That's the, so the Constitution has nothing to do with the church. <laughs> right. Also, the, the Constitution the Constitution is protected by the world's largest, most powerful military. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They don't need us. You know, like, exactly. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what you said about um, like the, noticing Christopher Columbus and what really happened there and that being something that started making you think differently. Um, for me, it was also um, looking again at the First Great Awakening um, because that – as I was in Bible college, that was cited as this amazing time, both um, overseas and uh, even here in America. And we hold up these names of the revivalists from there as people to look up to. And yet, stop and think about it for a second. First and Second Great Awakening had no effect on slavery. Like, they didn't do anything yeah. about that. Right. Um, you know, it's like, was it really an awakening then if we didn't even solve or, or make an attempt at solving this horrible issue? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a great point. And it makes you think about what am I, what am, what am I missing now? Right. Like what are, what are the grave injustices that are, are right in front of me that history will look back on and say, man, how do those Christians like live with that? Yeah. Right. Like how do those Christians not realize how unethical, you know, our immigration policy was right. right. Or how we were killing black unarmed Americans. How are they so you okay know? with being mean to gay people? <laughs> right. Right. In, in the name of law and order or, the, or yeah. in the name of the Bible. And so I'm with you. And I also think that, you know, in a way, like it's easy to look back, right. They say hindsight's 2020 for a reason, right. Cause it's easy to look back and see it is hard to look now and to find that kind of injustice that's happening. You know, like, right. I think a lot of us are like, oh, if I was back there, I'd be like just freeing slaves left and right. I don't think we would. No, you wouldn't. I think that 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 like the fear of the law, the fear of like, you know, uh, being put in prison would, would scare us enough not to be that radical activist that we see from these evangelicals who started this in the first place. Right. So it's kind of been honestly a kick in my ass to really think and be like, yeah, like I need to get more radicalized, you know, like, <laughs> like maybe my life isn't about just trying to be comfortable, but maybe it's about like pushing the church forward and demanding reform because right. a healthy lineage of people doing that throughout history who were never welcomed right in their own hometown. Right. But, but history spoke kindly of them uh, uh, in, in, in a way that, that, that said they pushed the church forward. And that's right. the goal. Jesus was murdered for the things he said against the state. Right. Like at the end of the day, most of Jesus' messages were political. Him calling right. himself the son of God was a direct shot at the Caesar. Mm -hmm. Totally. You know, and like, the Lord of all. Yeah. Lord of all. Those were yeah. direct shots at Caesars. Those weren't just him saying like, you know, I'm God. Those right. were like the Caesars called themselves sons of God. So exactly Jesus right. was and, killed over his political statements. That's right. And that's, that's why the more we know the Bible in its historical context, the more it makes sense and the more radical it is. Right. The more you're like, wow, okay, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, that's crazy. You know, <laughs> yeah. Paul, same thing, right? Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Direct middle finger to the empire saying, right. mm -hmm. you're not Lord. You're not in charge here. You know, yeah. one day this king will come back. Yeah. Like yeah. the Romans road to salvation. Paul was essentially saying, hey, Caesar, no, like exactly. you are not the king of kings. Like that's Jesus. That's right. Like it had nothing to do with salvation. It was all about Paul saying, mm, no, it ain't you. Mm -hmm. That's a hundred percent of the money. Yeah. Do you think that this damage that Christian nationalism has caused is reversible? And if so, how do, how do we start making changes? Where do we go from here? Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, the Christian nationalist thing, the Republican thing, that, those seeds have been planted for a long time. You know, I mean, we're talking like this, this is not new. The Trump era 
really forced the evangelical right to just be honest for the first right. time and say, yeah, we embrace this. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. It is what it is. Right. 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 Um, but this has been, this has been underground and this has been hidden since really the seventies. I mean, you, you have to look backwards before you can go forwards. Right. So you, you right. have to look at like Jerry Falwell, Robert Reich, yep. these two guys who, who the moral majority founders, people think it was founded over abortion. It wasn't, it was, Correct. it was, it was founded over um, fighting desegregation. You know, that's what it was yep. really founded over. It was founded over Bob Jones suing the federal government up to the Supreme court on the grounds mm-hmm. of religious liberty being, being infringed because he could no <laughs> he couldn't bar people from, from interracial dating. Yeah. All right. I mean, that, that, that's the, foundation we, we have to realize that we're sitting up yeah um and so you have to understand like this is a powerful movement it's it is a loud movement 80 percent of white evangelicals vote republicans so it's a popular movement um and with the big lie the election fraud um in the narrative that you know that the election was stolen and the insurrection i really think has only only really bolstered that position and really really people in that position have dug their heels in and, be, and sure part is. of that is because um you know there's this god element right like mm-hmm. these are our enemies and then they'll use bible verses you know and then the you have like these these prophets they got the prophets yeah. on their side there's like the, these bullcrap prophets right who are saying mm-hmm. we're hearing from god they're clearly not right i mean clearly and right. they're convincing people mm-hmm. that they are right yes. and like yes. they're not repentant and some of them still today as of this recording are saying Trump is going to win a third term yeah, or a, yeah, a, a yeah. second term, you know, so you have to realize the web that's spun and realize that that theology, political allegiance, worldview, culture have all been mixed together, right? All the mm-hmm. food colorings have been poured in and stirred up and you have to ask, well, how do we separate them? I don't know if you can. Yeah, I don't know if right. at this point you can separate it. I think what you can do is, is, is you can push for a new movement that says we staunchly oppose this perspective of the Christian faith and think it's harmful, you know, and don't forget, we haven't even tr- touched the COVID issue yeah. at all. Right. And the Sean Foy, let us worship nonsense. Oh God. Yeah. So that's all yeah. in this pot. Yeah. And so, you know, some people, including me, as of a couple of weeks ago, thought we can change up, change it from the inside out. But a lot of people are getting kicked out of their churches. And yes. I'm, I'm not that's saying true. me. I that's mean, that's true. like a thing. My account is full of DMs. Yeah. People who have who posted Black Lives Matter. Next week, we're asked to step down. You know, people yeah. who said, that's hey, I, I, I'm, I think maybe we should reconsider our thoughts on the LGBTQ community and be more inclusive. And like that day, got a letter. They're out, wow. right? I know yes. people who are, who, are at, who are at very prominent churches that are very big, that like to sing on hills. Okay, <laughs> that, that have gotten kicked out, that have gotten fired over certain things. Wow. And so we have to realize that like the evangelical church that as we know it has been totally taken over yeah. and it's going to be a slow burn because we're really a minority position in the church. And that's why I think a lot of us have found a safe haven in more progressive circles because they're more open and we're, we, we, we tend to align more on like a, a policy level as far as, you know, black lives, and right. LGBTQ rights, right. Even if we have a different theological level level. So I think a lot of us, including me are like, well, we don't see everything eye to eye, but this I'm, I'm actually closer to this group, than I am my own evangelical brethren. Yeah. They're so far gone pushing, you know, CRT boogeyman and Marxist boogeyman right. and crazy fundamentalism and, you know, really hate, you know, truly just hateful stuff. Yeah. Right. right. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm the jury's still out for me. My account, you know, new evangelicals is, is one attempt out of many to try and reclaim some of this and to say, Hey, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this churches, but people are deconstructing and there's so much we can talk about with deconstructing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Um, you know, and they're leaving your church and instead of doubling down and calling it, you know, yeah. calling people worldly or lukewarm, mm-hmm. why don't you zip your mouth? Mm-hmm. Right. And why don't you listen to what's happening and maybe you can learn something. And right. I don't say that in a mean way. I say it in an honest way, you know, but, but I think pastors are so used to being the ones who are seen as leaders. They don't right. know, they, they don't know how to sit and listen and absorb. Right. That's true. So there's really a lot there, but I think those are, are, some, are some of my thoughts on that. Thank yeah. you. And uh, we, we, t- we mentioned like, you know, the right feels like they have the profits on their side. And this is something that I find interesting that I feel like, you know, you have the religious right that spiritualize, spiritualizes, I'm going to get that word out eventually, <laughs> spiritualize everything. Totally. But I know people that are Democrats or they're liberal or they're left-leaning that also, you know, identify as Christians that don't spiritualize things nearly as much, you know? Yeah. So like right. you have God, I mean, you have Trump who was God in their eyes. And so totally. when he lost, Satan was, you know, coming in and striking down, you know, justice. Yeah. But on the left, whenever Biden won, it wasn't like God did something miraculous no. and forced him to win. So no. why do you think the right, like right-leaning Christians have, you know, this tendency to spiritualize things whenever left-leaning Christians don't. Well, I think first off, and you know, not to be this person, but we're not in bed with politics. You know? right. like, <laughs> That's right. I, I'm, I'm not, you're never going to see me with a Joe Biden flag on the back of my truck waving <laughs> right. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course not. You're never going to see it. Yeah. You know, uh, of course not. Um, I voted for Joe Biden, but also I didn't do it because I thought he was, he was going to save America. Like, <laughs> right. like eh, he'll be okay. Yeah. He'll do some yeah. good stuff. He'll do some bad stuff. We'll call out the, the good and, and the bull crap, you know, but it, it really is like, we're just, I'm just not, my allegiance is not to a political party. Like it's just not, right. you know, yeah. it just isn't. And, and the opposite cannot be said for the other side. Their allegiance is to a political party. And we have, you're going to get me right. all riled up here, but we have the evidence. <laughs> yes. I mean, when, when you take Trump, okay, let's just talk about that for a second. Let's back up for a minute. 2016, mm-hmm. Trump becomes the nominee, and all of us are like, this is weird. Okay, yeah, this, this is can't strange. Be real. <laughs> Jerry Falwell Jr. throws his support behind Trump. You're like, that's really weird. Isn't, yeah. he, the, isn't he the president of the world's this largest red flag. <laughs> Christian university, right? Right. And then you have like people who are kind of on the fence, like, oh, Trump, he's kind of this, he's kind of that. Even some, even some, some talk radio hosts were not fans of Trump, okay? Like, oh, like yeah. for right. example, Mark Levin, wide, widely known guy, yeah. he has segments destroying why Trump is a total jerk and why he's a liar or whatever. Yeah. Then he becomes a nominee. Then the base starts rallying him. And I'm like, okay, yep. this will be interesting because I really don't think he's a good candidate. He's obviously not a good human. He's not Christian. <laughs> right. And then the access right. Hollywood tapes come out, right? Yep. This leaked audio of him saying, I grab women by the crotch and yeah. I jump on them and yep. I don't even ask, right? I'm like, oh, okay. That's well, gotta this be is, it for that. That's called sexual assault. Yeah. Right. This is clearly the moment when the evangelical church says, wow, Mr. Trump, too far. We cannot support you because we have a moral conscience. It's, we have a biblical sexual ethic, right? We, we called out Bill Clinton harshly for, yes. his, for what yeah. he did in, in the White House, right? So I'm thinking that's going to be the new posture. Now I'm thinking I'm always excited. I'm like, mm-hmm. huh? So maybe like, well, maybe this will kind of get people to think a little more outside the box. Maybe a third party, like an evangelical mm-hmm. third party, like yeah. the possibilities are endless, right? Yeah. And then Jerry Falwell 
goes, we need a commander in chief, not a pastor in chief. Yep. And the base rallies and goes, you know, this is just locker room talk. People mm-hmm. call him a baby Christian. And yep. now my jaw every day is getting just, it's just dropping farther yeah. and farther yeah. and farther. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, I'm like, holy moly, something is way wrong because the people who taught me about my sexual ethic, who taught me we don't look at pornography, we don't sexually assault yep. women, you know, we, 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 we get married for life, are now throwing their weight behind someone who's on the cover of Playboy, who's cheated on his wife, on his wife with a porn star, who's, yep. who's bragging about sexually assaulting women. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Like, well, okay, something is way wrong. Well, absolutely. I think, man, there's so much to say about that. Um, obviously, he, Trump... Um, I guess he exposed that all along they were more of a political focus and a political gain was all that they really were after in, in, the, in the first place. But before we had politicians on the right who could play the game a little bit better and more come off as a Christian so that the Christians didn't have to sacrifice their own morals to support him, at least not as much. Yeah. But Trump didn't care about any of that. And so they just were left with the with having to say, you know what? Actually, truth is we're just more Republican than we are Christian. And that's just how well, it is. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they, they would never say that, but, that, of course but their actions showed that, right? Exactly. And, I mean, all that. Trump had to do was, was – all Trump had to do was say a few Christian things. Oh right. yeah, you know, like uh, two Corinthians. Oh, what a Christian! What a yeah, what a yeah. godly man! I mean, the guy is on the, is on the record saying he doesn't like to ask for forgiveness, but that yep. could that could not deter Christians. No, so it's very, I say all this because it's evident that mm-hmm. regardless of what what evangelicals will say, no, 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 my allegiance is to God. It's it's always God first. That is a is a load of horse manure. It just yeah. is because their actions clearly show they are way more concerned about getting their version of their morality and their version of their political agenda in place in law in America than they are concerned mm-hmm. about their neighbor and about actually following a Jesus-centered ethic. Yeah. yeah. And the thing I find most ironic about it, too, is I remember back in 2016 and, you know, so many Christians were like, well, you know, he has Mike Pence running with him. He can kind of be that moral guide for him. And then, you know, at the 2021 insurrection, there's a noose outside saying, hang Mike Pence. I know. Being chanted by Christians. Uh, uh, supposedly Christians. Sudden, like, Mike Pence isn't the Christian in the picture anymore because he's not forcing Trump onto America. You're exactly right. I mean, that, that's the thing is, like, it, it, it clearly makes no sense. It's clearly not, you know, genuine. But we're, we're, but they sell it like it is. They right, sell yeah. it like it is. Trump won the election. Like, dude, dude, uh, stop. Like, yeah, right. Come back to reality, okay? Yeah. Conservative well, judges, conservative lawyers, we know yeah. it's not stolen. And, and also, as a church, it should not matter to you. Because remember, God puts all authority in power. When Trump I know, I know. won, yeah. God put him in power. All power is placed by God. You're exactly right. It, so you Satan have to do, can steal things now? You have to do gymnastics all day to make that worldview work all day. Well, what what they have to to back them up is more conspiracy theory than actual Bible and Christian ethic. And (laughs) that I I know that that's getting a little off the topic of Christian nationalism, but, you know, it's related. So real quick, I want to get your your, (laughs) it's completely related. Yeah. So I want to get your your touch on this, because how do we handle um, the 
Christian embrace of conspiracy theory? How do we respond to the QAnon believing Christian? I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not the kind of guy who has like no hope or thinks that a situation's hopeless, but I'll tell you, I've had conversations with QAnon believing Christians and I don't know what to do with them. I don't know how to help them. I mean, how do you pull well, someone to reality when they're so embraced by, they're embracing these Trump prophets, you know, who, who claim that he's still somehow going to magically be president. And they, they listen to people like Kat Kerr and, and, and what Johnny Enlow and, and others like him. Like, how do you, how do you, what do you do with that? First off, let me just say that I just want to point this out publicly on the record. Okay. Once again, the white evangelical church is so obsessed with CRT. They can't see, the dangerous lies that are are brewing in their congregations and in, in their churches. They can't, yes. yeah. they cannot see it. They're so yep. concerned about some imaginary right-wing, you know, boogeyman that yeah. they can't see the blatant lies that people are totally, dare I say, snorting up their noses, yeah. right? Yeah. And yes. just like, we can't get enough. And yeah, it's it is, wild to it's, me. It's Touching on racism is, oh, yeah. I my dad is black. And I've had people like me and him have talked about how people will argue with us about our own experience as people of color. He's like, I used to be a cop. I was in the military. I know when I'm being followed. He's like, I walk in the store and I know someone's following me around. They're like, oh, that's not really what's happening. He's like, I don't know what else to tell you other than I know. (laughs) That's exactly right. So, you know, QAnon is an interesting one. There's a great HBO documentary on it. Um, that, un- But you have to realize something that's very important. And I, I QAnon actually has a book out called uh, Where We Go When We Go All. And it's called like so- QAnon, like the revolution. It's written by QAnon people. Oh, it's, okay. it's it's unreadable, okay? Because oh, they're, sure. what they're doing but- is they're just copying and pasting their like board posts. So yeah. they're, it's, just, it's all over the place. But I gotcha. got like halfway through. It is wow. full of Christian language. Bible verses, you know, God, country, saving America, Jesus, you know, um, fighting evil, fighting the devil, you know, we're doing the Lord's work. So once again, we see our beautiful sacred faith hijacked and being used to to really peddle complete manufactured lies. Okay. And pastors push this. Pastor Greg Locke, that's his name on Instagram. You know, well, peddles uh, QAnon conspiracies from the pulpit. Almost every Sunday. Yeah, so he's in several it, group not, chats that I'm in. Yeah. yeah. So this is not like, this is like, oh, who's talking about this? Here's Everyone. the people. And they yeah. have a lot of followers. Yeah. Now, I mean, Locke just said like this last Sunday about yes, tunnels under the Pentagon and under the White House. And, and you know, the crazy thing is that that is the exact same lie. Um, I've done a lot of reading about the satanic panic of the 80s. That was yes. the same thing they said during the McMainer preschool uh, situation, that there were tunnels underground leading to, you know, the same thing. Yeah, the same thing. I, Dude, I just, the more you read history, the more you're like, there's nothing new. It's the same arguments. We're still falling for arguments. tunnels under buildings. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you ask, like, what do we do with them? Yes. Well, How do we I, help I don't them? know. I, I don't think we do because I don't think that they want help. Right. I don't think that they mm-hmm. want help. Now, that's not me being mean. What I'm not saying is, you know, screw them or whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying right. what I'm saying is that, like, if people don't want you to help them, and they're not open to it, it's no longer your responsibility to convince them, especially on social media. I mean, that's like, that's like their territory. They will be there all day for hours, giving you bogus links, bogus news articles that bolster their perspective. Right. So I don't really think that like, 
I, what I'm trying to say in a nice way is that like the juice ain't worth the squeeze, right? I, yeah. I, I, on my account, I make a really big deal about not dehumanizing the opposition, right? Everyone's made in the image of God. People who are QAnon conspiracy theories or theorists are made in God's image. Greg Locke is made in God's image. That's so right. important to recognize. Yes. However, however, it's also important to recognize that when they're using that image to hurt people and to peddle lies, we have to say something about that, right? Correct. So it's important to separate those two things. So people who are doing that, who don't want my help, but instead of trying to convince me, I politely tell them I'm not interested and please move along. And I've had, a, I've had more than one friend really send me, I mean, I'm talking like you scroll through the, the DMs. Oh, you're yeah. like, Oh my God, this person was up all night sending me stuff. <laughs> and I've, I've had to tell them, Hey man, I, I appreciate it. Just so you know, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to watch it. I don't have any time. And also no, I don't think that Democrats are drinking the blood of children underneath <laughs> the white house and sacrificing them to, to, to a goat, you know, yeah, like, right. I don't think it's actually happening. And I don't care what you send me. I'm not interested in, in trying to figure that out. Yeah. 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 Well, then I move I, on. That, that's the best way to handle it for sure. I know for me, it, it's been difficult to watch people that you grew up with and that you love um, become so, so, you know, I mean, it, it's like a cult. I, I don't even think that's being hyperbolic to say that it's a cult and to see no, them get so lost in it. You know, they, I've had people upset with me over deconstructing things like hell and the rapture and thinking differently about those things. And they say, wow, you've changed so much. And I'm thinking, you know, you used to just think that like Hillary Clinton would make a bad president. Now you think that she's sacrificing children like underground. And that is a big jump. And you're on my case about, about changing my beliefs. It's right. And again, the more you read history, biblical theology, the more you realize how new, what they're believing really is in a lot of ways. Like, wait, that's not Orthodox Christianity at all. The rapture Mm -hmm. and how we understand it is not, traditional christian orthodoxy no, it is younger than america <laughs> it yeah. is crazy <laughs> yeah. when theology it's... is younger than the country you live right. in it's probably right. not the best theology <laughs> right or i should say it, it's, it's at least subject to change radically as we figure right. it out right yeah so, yeah, yes. yeah yes. no i'm with you on that 100 i mean people like to think like oh this is how it's always been like no it has not please no. read a basic history book. maybe for yeah. you but yeah. not for the history of our religion <laughs> right totally <laughs> Well, uh, getting back to what we were saying about um, the the prophets, I want to know what your stance is on that kind of more charismatic and prophetic and spiritual gifts, that kind of thing. Is there room for that in a new evangelicals movement where we can have prophecy that isn't just Trump-worshipping prophecy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. You know, I mean, I think the Holy Spirit is a thing, right? I think that this divine presence impacts us. I think that there are moments in all of our lives we can look back on and be like, I don't have the right categories for whatever that was, yeah. but something beyond me yeah, and yeah, beyond absolutely. what I can prove happened. Yeah. Okay, right? And I, the churches I've grown up in were fundamentalist, non-gifts of the spirit, but I've been in AG churches from like 20 years, you know, since I was 20 years old and on, really. So I've been kind of in both worlds. And like, I believe that like, you know, God can move in that way for sure. Yeah. Um, I think I, ha- I'm curious knowing what I know now, which is still not very much. I'm curious to know like the historical context of speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. I'm curious sure. to know like the historical context of prophecy. Like, 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 like where do they sit in the culture? Right. right? Um, because I, I doubt that Paul just like made that term up like, Oh, um, hmm, speaking in tongues, <laughs> you know, like, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. he got that somewhere. And so I, I would say like, I think that the foundational principles 
are beautiful. And this idea also of like, when we're together, the spirit unites us. And like, as we speak, it's evidence of like, of the direction that the spirit wants to move us in that like through like that, like group decision process, you know, like, yeah, that's beautiful. That's great. But when you have people who have turned prophecy into Christian fortune telling while ironically decrying fortune telling, you know, and and always with the same theme of, of worshiping the empire, you know, always the prophecies are are just for the service of the country. It's it's, yeah. You know, it's the the prophecy thing is interesting because I grew up in in places where, where we were trying to prophesy over each other, right? People have spoken words over me before. Yeah. And I look back on that and I'm so grateful for it. Right. I'm just like, okay, that that's cool. I, you know, they, they, they meant well, but also like, let's face it. It's like fortune telling, you know, like, okay, I think uh, I sense God's going to do something amazing in your life and look out for, you know, this big thing in your life. It's like very much that, like, that idea. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm not making a judgment. I'm just saying that's kind of what it turned has turned into, you know? Yeah. Um, and so when I see these prophets, these so-called prophets online, making tons of money, um, you know, who have just really, again, hijacked a beautiful tradition for their own gain. Yeah. It's maddening. But I also don't want to do the same thing. Like I don't want to hijack that tradition for my own gain either. Right. Yeah. Like, oh well now I know what prophecy is and you definitely don't. (laughs) So I just hold I just kind of hold that intention now, you know, like yeah, if I'm with a group of people and we're praying and something happens to someone and they start saying, I think I have a word, I'm gonna roll with it for sure. You know, but also like I'm probably not gonna be like, okay let's just start prophesying. Cause like, I just, my spirit is heavy. Like God wants to say something like right. even that phrase, right? Like God yeah. is saying this. I mean, that's a very weighty statement. Yeah. What you're claiming is that, is that the God of the universe, the one who spoke a trillion galaxies into existence is right now uniquely speaking through you, a human being. So you better make sure that, that you're pretty confident in right. that. It's not just your intuition or your own inner voice, but yeah. it's definitely God's voice, right? Yeah. Or at least have some kind of humility when, when, when you do it. And it's so interesting because I've definitely been in those services of the Christian fortune telling, essentially. Totally. But I've also, like, it's and it's so crazy because when you experience, like, the real prophetic yeah, like you, I get. I've gotten turned off to the Christian fortune telling thing, like the whole like, sure. you know, God's gonna do this in your life, and then it doesn't happen. It's like you're just setting people up to fail. Totally. It's like, but I, you know, I've had someone prophesy over me, and it genuinely was that Paulian edifying the church. I mean, me and my wife were having conversations in our living room by ourselves. There was a pastor that came in to guest preach at our church that you know very much walked in the prophetic and just recited back to us the kind of conversations we were having in our house. Wow. And he's like, this is like, God is saying like, you're on the right track. He's like, you know, you guys have been talking about things like this. Just keep going that way. And it wasn't a, you know, God's about to do this in your life. God's going to send you money. It was, you're hearing God for yourself. Like God's just reaffirming what you already believe. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what Paul calls edifying the body. Right. And that's what Paul calls prophecy to be is edifying the church. Yeah. So it's like, it's so interesting to me that we've gotten to this like Christian fortune telling of, You know, yeah. God's going to put this person in power when in the Old Testament, prophets that tried doing that got stoned. Yep. It's like, even in yep. the Old Testament, they're like, this is not what the prophetic is for. So don't even try it because, like, we'll yeah. we'll shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Hey, you're on the money, 100%. You know, I, I'm with you guys on that. One last thing to kind of close this out um, sure. for Christian nationalism. So it seems that in this deconstruction movement, especially in the topic of Christian nationalism like we covered today, most of it is more liberal sounding. Right. Um, but 
that's almost, un- I mean, it's not really the goal to be more liberal. It's just simply to not give devotion to either party. As Zahn put it one time, he said, I'm not following an elephant or a donkey. I'm following the lamb. And right. um, so I, I want to get your side on that as someone who is speaking into this um, movement against Christian nationalism. And, and you know, you, you probably hold a lot of opinions that are more left-leaning, like I do t- as well. But how do you explain to people that, you know, we're supposed to be above that kind of thing? You know, I definitely agree with the idea of like no party should have our allegiance, but mm-hmm. I do think that like as I look at my faith and like you know the social implications for that, I think it's pretty clear that one party has policies that, at least on the surface, seem to really want to implement implement more of those kinds of, of policies. Right. right now, that being said, big big business owns both of these parties. I mean, oh, it, yeah. we know that you know, and so I think sometimes I, I might even be too radical, even for for liberals. Sometimes you know, like <laughs> like uh, you know, like uh, transnational corporations got to go, right? Like yeah. I don't think yeah. you know Elizabeth Warren will be like, yeah, Tim, that's a great idea. You know, <laughs> so I, I really think it's it's just realizing like, well, here's the reality. You know, um, Christians on the right are hijacked by nationalism and QAnon and, and this big lie and want Trump to come back. So hell no to that. Um, And this left-wing party, like they'll at least tolerate my ideas and not call me insane. Um, I'm not a fan of like all of their views, not a fan on some of their top, you know, some some of their solutions, but they're willing to have a dialogue and um, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll take that. You know, like I'm going to call it what that is. Now that doesn't mean that like, you know, if tomorrow, Right. Liberals come out and are like, hey, you know, we decided we want less taxes for the ultra rich. And, you know, like we want more guns on the street, you know, whatever it is. I'm going to be like, oh, great. I'm that. That's my that's right. This is what I've been waiting for. It'd be yeah. like, hell no. You know, yeah. like like yeah. if Elizabeth Warren comes out and says, like, we need, you know, um, more international trade and transnational corporations. I'm going to be like, no. Nobody's right. not. They're they're killing the economy. They're killing human experience. Yep. Right, right. So because your so devotion's it, not to the party, it's it's above exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. There, there, there's an ideal above that, right? Like, like like you just said. So that's what I'm I'm aiming myself. I'm really aiming for right now. Right. Or about that. Like, what's my call as a Jesus person? Well, it's to want to see the city prosper. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's wanting to see my fellow man not have to worry about, you know, when they get pulled over based on the color of their skin, they might get shot to death. Or, you know, right. or if, if that kid's mom might might be worried at night because her son's black, right? Or yeah. right. the person who's working 45, 60 hours a week still can't afford to pay rent because, you know, uh, these companies push late uh, wages down, like I said earlier, or mm-hmm. these uh, these landlords are just greedy, right? Yeah. Like that that's a problem. We should be or, able to address these things. Or yeah. someone can't afford a cancer treatment for a cancer. Oh, event. my God. Yes, exactly. I saw a lot of progressive Christians um, during the election year, of course, want to vote against Trump. Maybe not super excited about Biden, but just wanting to get Trump out and Biden was who we had. And so we were pushing for, we were talking about immigration. We were talking about the kids in cages and, and we were rallying to, to get those families found and reunited. And even Biden, of course, said that he would do that. And then, you know, they're still in those cages and and he's still using the wall. And I, I don't, I can't speak to everyone, but I mm-hmm. could definitely say for me, 
I've called it out. And I also know you guys Absolutely. know Sean King. He's a big like political activist, you know, yep. Sean yeah. King and all. So he's also called Biden out like more times than I can count, which actually to me is interesting because you would think someone, someone, someone like a Sean King or whoever who's more liberal would be kind of how right wingers are with Trump, right? Like yeah. you know, kids mm-hmm. are in cages with Trump. Oh, well, look at what Obama did. But yeah. instead, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually seen more people calling out Biden who even voted That's for him. Good. And they said good. kind of the same point of like, yeah, Biden, like we didn't we didn't elect you blindly. Like we're going to yes. hold you accountable. Right. Stop bombing this, these countries. Mm-hmm. Get these kids out of these cages. You know, like, yeah. like this is not who we voted you to be. Right. right. So anyone who would say who would critique this deconstruction movement as, oh, they're just a bunch of Democrat Christians. We, that's proof that we are not just falling into a party line. We're trying yeah. to be above. Right. That. Which right. is such an interesting 100%. juxtaposition between, you know, the Christians that voted for Trump because hashtag never Hillary. <laughs> and then, you know, we're not voting for Trump. We're voting against Hillary. And then right. Trump became Jesus. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I love seeing, you know, the left leaning people call Biden out on things like that. It's, it's refreshing not people being blindly committed right. to a person I mean, or a party. I commented on someone and they're pretty far right. Like they had a status about something and I commented and said, you know, um, you know, like, oh, like, like we should really like look at the prison, the pipeline or the, 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 the school to prison pipeline. Yeah. Yes. Someone was like, yeah, like, you know, Kamala Harris was probably responsible for that. Kind of like trying to get me in a corner. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm aware. Like, I'm with yeah. you. you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. like oh yes, God, I, yeah. I would also agree with, with your statement. Like, what do you think I am? Correct. Like a Trump supporter? Honestly, like, what do you <laughs> yes, want to do? Like, yes. oh I mean, God. seriously, like, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, oh, yeah. no, Kamala, you don't understand the facts. Like, no, you're yeah. actually right. You know, that she's, she, she's, she's made mistakes there. We have to call it out yes so, yes like i'm with you if anyone right. thinks that we're going to be a keyboard warrior to defend biden it's like Dear come God. on you're not listening to us at all we're not <laughs> right. exactly like, we're not too happy about through, it either yeah <laughs> i have 268 posts on my instagram i think one was about biden it was like now that he's our, our president we'll pray for for him to do a good job yeah and like we'll just pray that that, that 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 he rules well right that was it and ever yeah. since then, not a peep or a critique. It's been one of the two. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, it's just that nice. simple. <laughs> yeah. I just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that that is the, the best way to define the difference between our, our stance and the more fundamentalist Christian nationalists is that we take our political ideology and our political parties as completely secondary to, to what we see in Jesus and in bringing heaven to earth. While unfortunately, what we're seeing on the other side is is that completely turned over. That they well, they think they're bringing heaven to earth, but it's really just through their politics. They think they're serving yeah. Jesus, but it's really just they're worshiping their made up ideas of Jesus. And um, you know, I mean, there are there are Patriot Church networks established. There, yeah, that's a yeah. thing. No, there's some Patriot in our town. Church network. It, it, it's a real thing. Yeah. So yeah. make no mistake, like you're, you, I have yet to see a Joe Biden Democrat Patriot Church Network, you know, because <laughs> right. we yeah. just don't care that much. We just yeah. don't. No, it's because we're all Satanists. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Obviously, we got those secret tunnels and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't not think of Avatar in the secret tunnel song. <laughs> well, Tim, why don't you tell us where we can find your stuff and what you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Yeah, sure. So uh, you can find me on Instagram at the New Evangelicals, on Twitter at New Evangelicals, no E for Evangelicals. I have a podcast, the New Evangelicals podcast. Um, I'm on YouTube, you know, anywhere social media is, there I am also, except for TikTok. 
I tried TikTok. I have an account. I did. Like, I did like two videos. I'm like, I'm not that funny. This is dumb. <laughs> I'm a millennial. Uh, these are not hip at all. My, 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 my wife was like, Why are you doing this? I'm like, Yeah, why am I doing this? So, I feel that. Yeah. Jimmy tried to get me on TikTok because like he's already like getting a pretty decent size following. He's like, You need to jump on too. And I made like three of them. I was like, I, I'm not that funny. Like, I can't. Like, like, I wish I had like like the feel for it. Yeah. I just don't. And honestly, too, like. You know, TikTok is more like satire. It's it's witty. My stuff is more of like a more serious tone. You know what I mean? Sure. So like, it's just yeah. hard to translate that unless I can find a, a great Gen Zer who's like, dude, I'll run your account, and make everything hilarious. Like, great, it's all yours. That's different. But as far as me being the face of that TikTok account, it's just not going to happen. Man, it's been a big surprise for me. So I am on TikTok. I um and it blew up pretty well. And it wait, was wait, a how many followers shot. do you have? Go ahead, tell me. Let me. Uh, sixty-five thousand. And hey, so dude. I don't know how it what? happened. Better run my account, like out here, bro. Well, I don't do much of the witty stuff. I, I just sit at that table and like complain about something that Greg Locke said, or I sit there and tell him something I read that Zond wrote, and it blows up. I don't know. It's I gotta weird. check it out and see how you're doing it. Well, thank you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna start stealing all your techniques and be. I'll, I'm just gonna copy your video like word for word in the oh, same position it. with my face on it. Be like, Listen, you're just gonna stitch all of the audio on your face. <laughs> hey, if you copy what I say word for word, you'd really be copying Zond, and so I can't. Yeah. I can't That's how I feel. People yeah. are like, "Wow, that was that, that was so witty." I'm like, "I just read a book yesterday and got inspired." That's, yeah, that's all yeah, it was. Yeah, you know? <laughs> anyway, man, uh, thank you again for coming on the show. It's it's been yeah, great to have you, and uh, guys. If you're interested, follow the New Evangelicals. They always have these great uh, Instagram stories uh, that you can send in replies to that he puts up for for everyone to read, and it's it's a lot of fun to have that conversation. And uh, Tim, I think we'd both love to talk to you again sometime. So uh, sure, hit me up. All right, man. Well, thanks again, guys, and uh, have a good one. Thanks.